This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, February 19th, 2017. Rumble Strips Media. So Rumble Strips, on the roadways they keep us alert, hopefully, help us avoid collisions, unlike guardrails that protect us, but there still can be some damage. Personal rumble strips alert us to dangerous situations in our personal lives, things we need to be aware of before we get hurt, before they do damage to us and those around us. So good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, we thank you for today. We thank you for the opportunity to talk about a really difficult subject. I admit I'm a bit uncomfortable, but Lord, you have convicted us to share this message, so we're going to put it in your hands. And we thank you. We thank you for this church. We thank you for those who have gathered. And Holy Spirit, be present. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so this morning our focus is on um, media, social media, other media, magazines, movies, billboards, broadcasts, newspapers, internet, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram. Those means, Snapchat, excuse me, and Instagram, those means of communication designed to reach and influence a wide audience. So I'm going to say that you might not think, oh, this doesn't apply to me. But listen carefully, because we believe that there's something in this message that applies to all of us. One of the areas that we especially need rumble strips in place is with the internet. How many people go on the internet for anything? Okay. So I would say almost everybody in this room has contact with the internet. One place that we need rumble strips regarding the internet is with internet pornography. It's really a problem. <clears throat> it is, there's unprecedented proportions of people viewing pornography on the internet. We want to share some statistics with you. We found this on a website called WebRoot, and the article is entitled, Internet Pornography by the Numbers, a Significant Threat to Society. So here we go. 40 million Americans regularly visit porn sites. 35% of all downloads are related Whoa. to porn sites. U.S. businesses lose 16 point, approximately $16.9 billion per year in productivity due to pornography. In 2010, 47% of U.S. families report pornography is a problem. It increases marital infidelity at a rate of 300, 300%. One-third of all porn viewers are female. 68% of divorces are due to meeting someone on the Internet. 56% involve one party having obsessive interest in pornography. All right, so I just want you all to kind of enter my world because this is uncomfortable for me to even talk about. Let's say this last thing together. Porn hurts adults, children, couples, families, society. Among teens, porn hinders development of healthy sexuality. 
Among adults, it distorts sexual attitudes and social realities. Mm -hmm. In families, it leads to marital dissatisfaction, mm -hmm. infidelity, separation, and divorce. And see, the challenges, it just struck me. This has become so, for lack of a better word, complex. We just use the word porn, like it's just a, almost a throwaway word, you know? It's, it's something that is extremely serious. And, and if you're on the internet, as you'll find in a few minutes, it, it could affect you. And so this does, the number of hands I just saw, it could affect each and every one of us. And this is the reason pornography takes the sexual experience, something that God created to be beautiful when enjoyed within the bounds of marriage, and it distorts and perverts it into something that is anything but godly. In fact, as we said last week, Satan's only mission is to steal and to kill and to destroy, and that is exactly what pornography does. It steals the beauty of sex that God intended for a married couple. It kills the bond that is established when that married couple, that man and woman, may become one flesh, and it destroys marital and family relationships. Last week, we referenced Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus shared that if anyone even looks uh, at someone else lustfully, that they've committed adultery in their heart. We'd like to go to the next verses right after this, and here's what Jesus goes on to say. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Christian writer Randy Alcorn discusses this passage in a blog that he wrote back in May of 2012. Here's what he, here's what he writes. He says, the eye represents what we see. The hand represents what we do. What I think Jesus is saying here is deal radically with what you expose your eyes to. Deal radically with what you handle and do, the places you go and what you touch. So Alcorn suggests that rather than plucking out your eye, turn your eyes away. Look away from sources of temptation. In the case that we're talking about this morning, stay away from the questionable sights. Those sights that lure us into going places that we should not go. We can put filters on our internet. I just did that yesterday. I, I wasn't aware. I'm thankful for Barry who, you know, showed us how to do this. And if you go on Google search results, okay, I'm going to get back to this. You can put a filter on the blocks that blocks these sites and images and ideas. So Google has a filter. If you go down to settings and then you end up navigating, just follow those of us who are on the internet. We're, you know how to do the internet. So go to um, a filter and it will help minimize what gets popped up on our, on our internet. Um, there's something called safe search filters. It's not 100%, but it's better than what we have mm. without it. And that's just on your Google search. That's that just particular on Google thing search. That you can find. If you can't find, ask Barry or somebody who's familiar with uh, Google to help you find that. There are also apps 
that offer protection, broader even protection, because they're apps for the whole computer there, and for all your devices. And you would just do a Google search. But here again, before you do the Google search, you know, if you type in pornography apps, <laughs> you might get what you don't expect unless you put that filter on, that safe search filter. Um, Barry, put your hand, look back in the back. See that? That guy will be glad to help yeah. you if you need help with this. He's the one, we, we were looking, talking on Wednesday, or yeah, if we're getting ready for today, and I said, you know, I wanted those statistics. Um, but I didn't want to write in pornography statistics because I knew that I was going to get stuff I didn't want to get. So Barry's the one said, well, why don't we go to this filter? And it was very, very, very helpful. Although, even with a filter, you still have to be extremely cautious because they aren't fail-safe. Um, you can get general apps that could do it. And, and if that still isn't, isn't doing it, there's, there are apps that will alert somebody else if you're at a porn site. Maybe you find yourself, you just have like this addiction, you're just drawn and you, you feel like you can't help yourself. There's apps that will alert uh, an accountability partner so that that person knows, so you're sharing that, so they may help be able to help you. And, and if that still doesn't help, we would in turn encourage you just shut your internet off altogether and seek some professional counsel. There are professional counselors who specialize in uh, sex addiction, pornography addiction, those kinds of things. And we would strongly encourage because the only thing can happen is it, it can get worse. I mean, it's, it, it's just too serious of a problem to, to pretend it might magically go away. We encourage you to get some help. So on this WebRoot article that we referenced a minute ago, we are told that 34% of internet users have experienced unwanted exposure. 34% unwanted exposure. Maybe that's happened to you. It has happened to me. This is the strangest thing. I was preparing for a sermon when I was a pastor down in Seaford, and I typed in Jesus, and a porn site came up. I mean, that is, it was like, oh my goodness. They are so smart. The people who set all this up are so smart. Now, of course, I didn't... It's the like, porn site people, not the, the internet The porn site people. people. Yeah. So, of course, you know, it's like, oh, my goodness. I just, you know, clicked off, and I was mortified. But then I actually went to somebody in, in the office and the pastor that I was working with at the time, and I said, I just need for you to know what happened to me because I needed to be accountable to that. What if somebody, like, looked at my computer and, and saw that that was there? So it was bad. Um... You know, sometimes stuff does pop up and it is totally unattended, totally unintended. And it's geared so that we want to, so that we're curious. We are made to be curious people. And they want us, us to just, just click, just have a little tiny look. And when that happens, those images can get burned into our brains, even if it's momentary. So be really careful as you're navigating. The internet is, is a good thing, but be careful when you're mm. navigating. Be careful, put safeguards, put filters on your internet. I marvel at sometimes when I'm internet search, maybe I'm on YouTube or something, maybe I'm finding a song or something. And there, you know, on the right-hand side, there's a lot of like places you could go. And right in the middle of this list of songs, there's an image that's like, 
wow, that's really strange because it has nothing to do with what I'm looking at. And if you look at it, it has everything to do with taking you someplace you don't want to go, if you know what I'm saying. So we have to be, even with filters, we have to be extremely cautious because whoever has these sites, they, they, know the, they know our hot buttons. They know our curiosities. They know what could, can, can draw us in, and we have to be on guard all the time, absolutely all the time. So pornography is such an overwhelming challenge for our society today, and, and here's why. First of all, we're curious, but next of all, there's a hiddenness. Nobody sees what we're doing. We can just do things and nobody knows, and so it's easy. You know, we can have this secret life going on and um, it can do damage. And so we want you to know that there are people in our congregation who have been freed from this. They have come forward. They've done the work that it takes to um, put filters in place and accountability and they've found freedom. So if, if you're in that spot, you're not alone. There are people here who um, have, have freed. If you're struggling, we encourage you, as difficult as it might be, to talk to somebody, like talk to Alan. <laughs> if you're a girl, hey, one third of the girls, come to me, and we'll help get you set up. Yeah, because, you know, like Carrie said, in Christ, we can find freedom, but we have to admit the problem first before, you know, before we've got to know we've got a problem before we can find that freedom in Christ. Mm. Internet pornography, though, is not our only media challenge. Uh, kind of came out of the shoot so <laughs> pistols before, blazing before this there, morning. How many people watch TV? <laughs> how many people read books? How many people look at magazines? How many people go to the grocery store and see those uh, things along the aisle? Okay. Don't forget, so now, mo don't forget movies. Movies. So now we're talking to everybody in the room. So internet pornography, I mean, uh, internet's not the only media challenge. More and more sexually explicit materials becoming mainstream movies, TV, everything Carrie just mentioned. And if we're not careful, here's what happens. We get a little more accepting of these ideas and images along the way, and they find themselves into the brain. Think about TV back in the 60s and TV today. Yeah, Laura and Rob Petrie had Well, not just that. You think about Ricky and Lucy. They were actually married in real life, but they had to be in separate beds on TV because of the codes back then, right? Now think about what you see. Hello. See, here's what happens. It's kind of, as we said last week, a slow fade. As we allow a little bit more, a little bit more, the language was here, and then it's here, and then it's here, and then it's here. And then with, like, cable TV, it's no holds barred because we pick, we can shut it off. It's not public broadcasting. You know, it's paid for broadcasting. And one thing we can do, though, is we can find out ahead of time what we can expect from that show, from that movie anyway. There's a site called IMDB, Internet Movie Database. Not just movies, it also includes TV shows on there. Um, 
And so you can type in virtually any movie, TV show, and it will give you the rundown on it, including the rating and why it is rated that, very specifically, and a parent's guide that explicitly breaks down virtually every situation, to the point of uh, passionate kiss, and that, I mean, all the way to that, all the way to the other extreme, and it will break down and tell you what language, sometimes even the number of times you're going to find this or this or this word in that particular movie or TV show. It's a very helpful, I, I find it very helpful, both at home, but also here, like we're going to show a movie to uh, the junior highs or the senior highs. It's very helpful to know, you know, rating sometimes doesn't tell you everything. You, this thing is very helpful for telling you just what you can expect ahead of time, before you rent it, before you start getting drawn into the story and ignoring things you normally wouldn't ignore. And that's what happens. Like, I go to a movie, and it, it might not be sexually explicit, but I hear this language, and at first it's like, oh my gosh, this is like bad. And 10 minutes in, I don't even hear it anymore. That's what happens. You know, hmm. we're reminded Especially of, if you pay 20 bucks, you're, yeah. gonna, you're not just going to want to walk yeah, out, you know? let's get out of here. No, we pay good to know ahead of time what you're buying. So, yeah, I kind of, yeah. All right. We're reminded of this story called Frog in a Kettle. Anybody heard of it? Like, you put a frog into a pot of hot water. That's if you want boiled frog, you know? If yeah. If you're the frog hungry. will jump out if it goes in hot water. But if you put him in and you slowly heat the water, that frog will be cooked before he knows it. And that's what happens with us, with the language and the explicit images. If we're not careful, over time, things are a little explicit. And they get a little bit more and a little bit more. And if we're not careful, we just allow ourselves to see things and hear things that we would not have dreamed of seeing and hearing years before. And our challenge is that we are surrounded. There's no way to get around this. We are surrounded by this everywhere. You know, whether it's on TV or ads. I mean, let's get real. Victoria's Secret ads on primetime on regular TV now? Wow. They have a whole show, not just an it's, ad. Yeah, sometimes. movies, movie trailers, newspapers, billboards along the way. When we were preparing for this message and Alan, you know, we were talking about billboards, I've got to tell you that the, a billboard automatically came into my head. From years ago. From years ago. Abercrombie and Fitch. This guy, no shirt, just jeans, low jeans, and his hand was like very suggestive. And that is what came into my head. I mean, it's like, no, I don't want to see this. We have to be so, so careful. We can be aware and just ask God to take away those images. Uh, we need to be a lookout for those rumble strips, because they're going to come at us, those images and stuff, before we don't even realize it, because they're everywhere. And once they burn into your brain, especially those kind of images, they, they're tough to get out. Yeah. It's like, a, it's like a permanent record in there. Then there's the other side, though. We've been talking about what's coming in. How about what we're sending out? Especially on our phones, tablets, computers. 
you hear this term sexting come into the vocabulary I know the last few years, the sending, receiving, or forwarding of sexually explicit messages, photographs, images, primarily between mobile phones, but it can also be computers or any digital service or device. It's a challenge for many adults because it's such easy access, you know, to, from what I understand. But there's an even greater challenge as more and more children are in possession of phones, smartphones, at younger and younger ages. And this problem with sexting is becoming more widespread, especially among kids and young kids at that. College, middle, uh, high school, middle school. An online Time Magazine article from July 2014, now this is three years ago, so if anything, things have gotten worse, I guarantee you. But it references a, a Drexel University survey of college students. And they asked these college students if they'd ever sent or received sexually explicit text messages or images. And that's a really wide range of, well, you know, what's sexually explicit to one person to another, but you can imagine it's a really wide range. But when they, they asked these uh, college students if they'd ever sent or received those when they were under the age of 18, and 54%, that's over half, 54% said yes, they had. Nearly all were in the context of a romantic relationship or as a means of flirting. Think about that one. And then there's Snapchat. <laughs> yeah, Barry, there's different things you can do with Snapchat that are fun, you know. It's Snapchat, for those of you who maybe aren't familiar with it, it's a social media site that allows users to share images that are short-lived and self-deleting. Short-lived and self-deleting. It is an ideal site for those who want to transmit things that shouldn't be transmitted, racy photos, but are fearful that they'll be shared with the rest of the world. Snapchat has been become very, very popular with the 20-somethings, the, um, 30-somethings, high school, college, middle school <coughs> crowd. I called my son-in-law, Ted, in Texas when we were working on this, and I said, Ted, tell me about Snapchat. I mean, really? And he goes, oh, care. I use it all the time. You know, that's how we communicate, you know, with, I'm like, well, like, does everybody see it? He goes, well, you can have a public wall, or you can have groups, or whatever. And I'm like, but Ted, what about, you know, I've heard that people take pictures of themselves and Snapchat it out, and, you know, they shouldn't go. He goes, oh, no. Guess what? He called me back in about five minutes. And he said, I didn't tell you this. He said, Carrie, I've been thinking about what you said. You did tell me, yeah. I've been thinking about this, and it can, you know, it, that wasn't in my wheelhouse, but you've gotten me, you've gotten me, my brain working. That's a dangerous That's thing when you get Ted's brain working. That's a dangerous thing for Ted because he's got a lot in there. And, <laughs> and I mean that in a good way. And, and the thing is, he says, anything like this can be used for good, but it can be used for bad. Yeah. It can be used. If you know that picture's going to be gone shortly. 
Yeah, check this out. Um, there's Huffington Post blog, it was just last year, and they said that there's a new feature within Snapchat called Snap Cash that allows users to send money within the app. And as a result, it's being used to transmit, I have to read this because this is like, I don't, it's not, anyway. Pay for play pornographic imagery and videos. So strippers and porn stars are making money through this site. You know, that wasn't Snapchat's intention. I'm sure, I would hope, that that's not the intention of this. this. But even good intentions can be used for bad. So that's the important thing for us to remember. Did I say something wrong? No, I'm, I'm. Oh, you can screen, that's what Ted was telling me. You can screenshot a Snapchat and can save it. And then oh, okay. you, huh? Oh, I don't get Snapchat. But pay attention to what your kids are doing because they do get Snapchat. And um, it can be really good and it can be really bad. So, so far, um, Look, we've caused a little discussion among the group here. Well, that's good. Because this kids. is serious business. Because we're not talking about y'all, we're talking about uh, the kids who in the next hour will be up the hallway there in, in rooms four and five. They need protection. So far, we've focused on rumble strips today, uh, sexually explicit material. I didn't, you know, we really came out of the shoot gunning, but it's just, it's just too important to just ignore. I'm talking about sending, receiving through social media and other media. But we want to really shift gears on our final rumble strip this morning. Because we want to talk about non-sexual emails, posts, text, tweets, chitchin chats, whatever you want to call all that stuff. Because it never ceases to amaze us what people are willing to say online that they would never say in person. We're especially intrigued by the anger and the hatred that we find spewed out, and I literally, I picked that word carefully, spewed out by our Christian brothers and sisters under the protective distance of cyberspace. I, I never ceases to amaze me what I read sometimes, like on Facebook and stuff, and it's like, really? Really? And our purpose here isn't really to be judgmental, but it's to remind everyone that wherever we are, whatever we say, whatever we do as Christians, we represent Jesus Christ. Whether we're in person or whether we're on the computer, the tablet, the phone, whatever it is, and as Christ's representatives, as Christ's ambassadors in the world, we might be the only Bible that other person ever has contact with. And so it's absolutely crucial for us to always remember what Paul shares in his letter to the church at Ephesus in Greece way back 2,000 years ago. Paul writes, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths 
but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Hmm. Again, we're not here to be judgmental. This is just for a safer. This is to say, be careful. Us too. Some of the words, and even some images that are on there, and you say, is that really how you want to be portrayed to the world? Is that what you want representing you on Facebook as a follower of Jesus Christ? Is that what you want the world to connect with you? So the scripture says not to not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. We, we should use this as a rumble strip to include any unwholesome emails, posts, texts, tweets, whatever, coming out of our electronic device. Paul didn't have electronic devices, so he couldn't include that, but I'm pretty sure it could, it, we should include that as well. So let's not use cyberspace as an excuse for writing things that are contrary to the model that Jesus gave us, the model that's detailed in the writings of St. Paul. And this would also include just our phone conversations. You know, sometimes even on the phone, we've got that, that distance that we think allows us to say things that we wouldn't say in person because the person would probably slug us. But we use that space to just let it out. Let's not allow unwholesome talk to escape our mouths wherever we are, however we're communicating with others and with the world. So we know that everything has two sides. There's a good side and there's a bad side or an evil side. For instance, think about this. Uh, water is required for life, but too much of it will drown us. Fire heats our homes, it cooks our food, but fire also destroys. Media can be very useful for getting information out to large numbers of people. I love connecting with people uh, through media. It, it can be fun, it can be encouragement, it's, you know, we can learn all kinds of things. Um, and gosh, I text more than I do anything. I mean, I really value media when it's used properly. And so this is to all of us, be careful. Put safeguards in place. Be aware of, of the destruction that media can bring, of those rumble strips. You know, media, it's so good. We're so excited. We're going to be streaming our worship services. I know a lot of you have been asking for that. Um, in the future, that's a good use of media. Uh, media used as encouragement can be great, but we also know that it can be destructive and dangerous, and it can destroy. So pay attention to your media rumble strips. Before you hit the guardrail, before you do destruction and possibly have a total crash. Remember, 
from the Bible what the Apostle Paul says, and this is written in the book of Galatians. Yeah, written to the church in Galatia, another place in that area around the Mediterranean where he did his preaching and church starting. And he said this to them, but it also applies to us. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A person reaps what they sow. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. So I would say that somewhere along the line in our lives, we've all, we might have all messed up, whether we've looked at a soap opera and gotten really into the infidelity that goes on there and like, woo, I want to watch it again. And I'm, I'm not passing judgment. I'm just saying that nobody's really immune to this. But here's the really good news. Jesus came for this reason to free us so that we don't have to live in that place. If you're in that place now, claim Christ. Go to the power of the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit consume you, and you will have the strength to turn away. You will have the strength to, you know, say, hey, I need an accountability partner. Hey, let me get some help here. You can get the strength through the power of Christ. And here's the best part. If you've whatever we've done through Christ when we repent or turn from and we say with our whole heart God I'm sorry you know forgive me it is done you don't live in that stain but you're forgiven and free and uh, washed as white as snow as the scripture says so claim Christ if this is new to you um Lori's in the back. She would love to talk to you about how to take one more step and accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you're struggling with anything that we've said, find somebody that you trust and say, okay, here's where I'm at. No judgment here because we're all in this together. Claim the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the good news for each one of us. Let's believe it. And let's live it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, um, I confess as much as I wanted to come to church today that this message has been tough to give because I, um, I understand the power of um, media, good and bad, and how it can be so destructive. Help each one of us recognize a rumble strip in our lives, uh, what we see, what we hear, and um, claim the Holy Spirit to help us uh, change direction if that's what's needed, uh, but to walk and have you order our steps, Lord. We thank you for that freedom that we can have that we are slaves no more to, um, to the, that sin. We thank you and praise you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
And everybody gathered and said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692.